Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Student Affairs Podcast Series. Uh, my name is Daniel Pinto. I'm a fifth-year senior here majoring in biology, and I'm also part of the Swim and Dive team. On this episode of our podcast series, you'll be listening to interviews with really interesting people, experts in their field, and a bit less of me and my voice. Today, we have Dr. David W. Parrott. He will be joining us. He is a history of leadership in higher education. He served in administration at the University of Louisville, University of Florida, Texas A&M, Western Michigan University, and Western Kentucky University. Um, he's held positions such as vice president, interim vice president, executive associate vice president, and chief of staff and dean of students, title IX coordinator, and director of residence life. We are also joined by Sarah Mudd, who is a student affairs practitioner with 15 years of experience in a variety of functional areas, including housing, student conduct, Title IX, disability support services, student activities, and new student orientation. Sarah has worked on small and large campuses, including Texas A&M, um, Baylor University, Anderson University, Midway University, and of course, the University of Louisville. Sarah is a doctoral candidate at the University of Kentucky studying educational policy and evaluation with research focused on democratic education and free speech. She earned her Master of Education in Higher Education Administration Student Affairs at Texas A&M University, and she also holds a Bachelor of Arts in Religion and a Bachelor of Science in Psychology from Belmont University, as well as a Graduate Certificate in Research Methods in Education from UK. I know it was a long introduction, but how are you guys both doing today? Doing well, thank you. Yeah, doing great, thanks for having us. Of course. So I think our listeners would probably appreciate uh, the things about you know Title IX. So honestly, I think the main question would be, what exactly is Title IX? Title IX is a federal statute signed into law by President Richard Nixon on June 23rd, 1972, making this year the 50th anniversary. While it's commonly cited as Title IX, it is also known as the Patsy Mink Equal Opportunity in Education Act. On October 29th, 2002, following her death one month prior, Title IX was renamed the Patsy T. Mink excuse me, Equal Opportunity Education Act and honored its major author, Congressman Mink. The plain language of the statute is, no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Title IX prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex, to include sexual harassment, access to programs and activities, and inequity in athletics. Thank you for that information. I, I actually, personally, I did not know that was signed uh, in 19, I think you said 1972, was that? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a very important thing to know. So kind of going off that, what exactly is the role of Title IX on campus and how does Title IX affect student athletes or even just uh, students at the university? Yeah, so that's a great question. So Title IX and the associated statutes require the university to provide preventative sexual violence education, to appoint a Title IX coordinator, to articulate policies prohibiting sexual harassment, and to provide a process to investigate and adjudicate complaints. In addition to addressing sexual harassment, there are four ways that Title IX helped expand women's access to higher education in the U.S. The first is that women now have more opportunities to play college sports. Title IX has received the most attention for its impact on athletics at educational institutions. 
Historically, university support for women's sports was sorely lacking. In 1971 to 1972, fewer than 30,000 women participated in college sports, compared to more than 170,000 men. Women received only 2% of schools' athletic budgets, and athletic scholarships for women were basically non-existent. By 2010-2011, more than 190,000 women played sports at their university, which was a 600% increase over those four decades. Women now also receive about 48% of total athletic scholarship funds for Division I schools, with uh, Division I being the highest level of college sports in the U.S. Expanding athletics gave women more opportunity to play sports, to receive financial support for their education, and to build valuable leadership and teamwork skills. Female former student athletes regularly outperform other college graduates on important career and life outcomes and are highly represented among businesswomen at the executive level. They also earn more on average than their non-athlete peers. A second way that Title IX has impacted um, universities is more women earn university degrees. Before Title IX, many colleges and professional schools limited the number of women that could attend or excluded them entirely. Some required women to have higher test scores and better grades than male applicants. Many scrutinized women's applications under the assumption they were more interested in marriage and children and therefore likely to drop out. The late 1970s up to the early 21st century marked a quiet revolution of women in the labor force, according to Claudia Golden of Harvard University. Young women began to anticipate long and continuous careers that would not be cut short by having a family. They invested more in their education and prepared for higher status careers. In 1950, only one quarter of undergraduate students were women. Today, women make up the majority of enrolled college students and bachelor degree earners in the United States. A greater proportion of American women complete undergraduate degrees. A third way is that women are eligible for more financial support. As with athletic scholarships, many women were denied critical financial assistance prior to Title IX. Women were not eligible for prestigious awards like the Rhodes Scholarship. Men were also given preference in other scholarships, fellowships, and loans. Title IX broadened women's access to financial support and to other awards, giving them more opportunities to pursue higher education and follow their dreams. A fourth way, women can study whatever they want. Girls were often segregated into softer classes as early as elementary school. Universities could exclude women from certain fields such as science and engineering on the notion that these were unsuitable, quote unquote, for women. They often limited women's options to teaching, nursing, or home economics. Title IX made such exclusions and segregated tracking illegal. Before Title IX, most medical and law schools limited the number of women to 15 or fewer per school, as an example. In 1972, women earned only 7% of all law degrees and 9% of all medical degrees. They now earn nearly half of all degrees in both areas. Women have also gained ground in many STEM subjects, especially in biological, environmental, and chemical material sciences. Opening all academic fields has allowed women to study degrees that best match with their interests and plan careers according to their true aspirations. It's really, really interesting to know because I know there's kind of like, you know, between student athletes and, you know, alumni that were on my team, for example, everyone kind of just sees Title IX as, uh, you know, always it's it only has to do with sexual harassment or, or when you need to report someone for, you know, violating some rule or et cetera. But I truly had no idea that it was much, much 
more broader than just reporting someone for breaking the law or breaking the rules and things. But going off that, you know, kind of what this, what a lot of people think, I would like to ask what would be a process for someone to report, um, let's say, uh, you know, another student, another uh, employee or anyone outside what student or athletics is? Yeah, that's important information to know. So there's extensive reporting information on the Title IX website, which is just louisville.edu slash Title IX. And Title IX does apply to anyone who comes in contact with the university. So faculty, staff, employees, and even outside individuals who participate in programs or activities or that sort of thing. And so complaints are routed to either the Title IX coordinator or assistant coordinator, which is Dave and myself, or to a deputy Title IX coordinator based on who the party is that's violating the policy. Um, so deputy coordinators include for complaints against students, Dr. Angela Taylor, and her contact information is on our website, but her email is angela.taylor at louisville.edu. For complaints against employees, uh, Donna Ernst in HR, and her email is donna.ernst, E-R-N-S-T, at louisville.edu and then for complaints against individuals lieutenant oscar chavez with the university police department is the contact there and his email is oscar.chavez c-h-a-b-e-z at louisville.edu but if you forget all of that just go to our website louisville.edu which has all that content information and all additional resources and things as well well i think that was amazingly interesting and i think it's going to be very useful for a lot of people I think of, of, in my time here, this is my fifth year. I think a lot of um, what a lot of people don't understand is that you truly aren't alone, even if you're, you know, as a student or as a student athlete. Um, it's, it's, it can, you can be overwhelmed. I've been overwhelmed, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I think, um, especially Louisville does a great job of making sure that their students and student athletes aren't alone in every aspect of it. Of it. But yeah, thank you so much, you guys. Thank you for coming and telling us about this information. Um, I hope we get to meet again and discuss other aspects about Title IX. But other than that, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Have a great day. Thank you. And for our listeners, for more information about student services, go to louisville.edu slash studentaffairs. And did you know that if you need assistance and don't know where to go, contact the Dean of Students Office at louisville.edu slash dose or go to the website Concern Center at louisville.concerncenter.com. The website has a directory of all resources on campus, and if you're unsure where to start, you can always search by your issue, for example, you know, test anxiety or any maps or anything you need to get around campus. And all relevant resources will be provided. And please don't forget that there is a celebration at the intersection between writing and visual art. The UVL presents a display of prints created by students in art 541, 543, and 642. The celebration will occur on April 25th at 4 p.m. at the Escutrum Library, room 132. And last but not least, we'd like to give a shout out to the Multicultural Association of Pro-Health Students, other, other known as MAPS, for holding a donut sale to raise money for the Americana Center in Louisville. And that is all for today. I hope you enjoyed our podcast episode as much as I did. And please come back for more interesting information next week. Take care.